Hello, everyone, and welcome to this festival. We really appreciate all of you who have taken the time out of your busy schedules to be here together with us and to work in support of the spiritual evolution of our planet. Really, that's what we're working together to bring about. And today we gather together at one of the most sacred moments of the entire spiritual year. This is the festival of Gemini, which is the culminating festival of the what's called the higher interlude of the spiritual year, the period of the three spiritual festivals. And during this time, there's a great um, alignment, we might say, between the three planetary centers, which is hierarchy, the spiritual heart of our planet. The highest center is known as Shambhala, which is the center where the will of God is known. It's the planetary head center. And then we here who toil on our planet down on earth, um, we're known as humanity, as you know, and we're the creative throat center. So as a result of the alignment that's occurred between these three uh, festivals of Aries, Taurus, and Gemini, there's an alignment that's created now under Gemini, which brings about an opportunity for a great release of the energy of love. So we're here today in alignment with all the other groups around the world who are also seeking to make ourselves available for this great influx of the energy of love. So it's really quite simple, although sometimes we who study the Age of Wisdom have a lot of details. So I hope you can bear with us as we talk about these events. So this festival is known as the Festival of Humanity. And it's also known as the Festival of Invocation. And so that gives us a clue as to humanity's role, our key role in this alignment between the three planetary centers. We're the invocative kingdom. It's, it's our opportunity and our challenge to somehow take all of the prayers that are issuing forth from all the many people in the world who are distressed and who are reaching out to God to come together and we um, who have some understanding of the power of invocation, it's our job to lift and raise that united invocative appeal to divinity itself. Invocation is a spiritual practice and it's when it's rightly used, it can accomplish this goal of elevating the demand that's issuing forth. And it's said that all progress on the spiritual path comes about through this process of invocation and evocation, appeal and response. It's a time when we can imagine to at least step outside the bounds of what we previously believed possible and enter into an expanded worldview. We strengthen our resolve through this means to create a new world of unity, brotherhood, and compassion this world that we hold within our hearts. So as we um, begin this meeting, we always like to take a moment of silence to align with all of the many individuals and groups throughout the world. And we do so by sounding one of our mantras. And today we'll be sounding the Gayatri mantra, which is one of the oldest mantras in the world. So we begin by just taking a moment of silence to link up with all the individuals and groups, and then we'll sound it. 
O Thou, who givest sustenance to the universe, from whom all things proceed, to whom all things return, unveil to us the face of the true spiritual sun, hidden by a disk of golden light, that we may know the truth and do our whole duty as we journey to thy sacred feet. Many, many of you may know of a daily practice that was um, reinstituted in December of 2019 by Dorothy Maver and Wendy Thompson, and it's called the Global Silent Minute. And if you don't know about it, you might like to go to their website and to which translates here to Eastern time at 4 p.m. each day, um, to just take a moment of silence to link up with one another and to link with all the other individuals who are also observing this moment of silence and to connect with those who are on the other side of the veil. And through that means of holding that silence, um, it's understood that a spiritual influx of energy will flow into humanity and help to elevate human consciousness. So we are encouraging everyone to participate in this daily practice. It was inspired by what was called the Silent Minute, called Wellesley Tudor Pole in the UK during the Second World War when the situation was quite dire and it looked like the Germans were going to take over the British Isles they decided that there was something that had to be done. And he, Wesley Pohl was able to get the cooperation of the government of the UK. And so each evening, as Big Ben sounded um, at 9 p.m. each night, many, many people throughout the UK stopped what they were doing and took a moment of silence to bring through spiritual energy. And um, as the founder, as Wesley Pohl said of this opportunity, he said, there's no power on earth. Ten, that Como can... dijo el fundador del minuto de silencio, Wesley Tudor Pohl, no hay poder en la tierra que pueda resistir la cooperación unida en los niveles espirituales de los hombres y mujeres de buena voluntad en todas partes. La invocación puede ser especialmente efectiva durante este festival porque es un evento culminante en el cual se puede decir que las energías de los tres centros, la humanidad, la jerarquía y Shambhala, llegan a un alineamiento e integración. Y el alineamiento particular de la, en la luna llena de Géminis, cada año son algunas de las más importantes de todas. Este festival es influido por el gran segundo rayo de amor-sabiduría, la energía condicionante de todo nuestro sistema solar. 
Este es el momento dentro del ciclo zodiacal cuando el amor de Dios, la esencia espiritual del fuego solar, alcanza su punto más elevado de expresión. Esto se logra a través de la jerarquía espiritual, la cual custodia el amor iluminado que durante ciclos en este tiempo de la luna llena de junio centra su atención en la humanidad, en el momento en que la influencia espiritual está en su apogeo. El aspecto amor del segundo rayo relaciona a la jerarquía con la humanidad a través del Cristo, mientras que el aspecto sabiduría de esta influencia de rayo relaciona a la jerarquía con Shambhala por medio de la influencia del otro gran señor de compasión, el Buda. Solo cuando la jerarquía y la humanidad trabajan juntas, la energía de Shambhala puede entrar plenamente a través de los otros dos centros. Y esta es la oportunidad para una conexión establecida a medida que los tres centros planetarios se alinean e interactúan en esta luna llena. Esta energía de segundo rayo actúa a través de la estrella Sirio, la potente estrella extrazodiacal, conocida como la estrella de la sensibilidad y que actúa por medio del signo de Géminis. Por lo tanto, inspira nuestro trabajo unido en este momento. Por ser un iniciado de Sirio, Cristo tiene una estrecha relación con su energía. Sirio confiere la energía de la libertad y se dice que la libertad es la nota clave de la humanidad, de todos aquellos individuos que reconocen la necesidad de ayudar a liberar a las masas humanas del aprisionamiento y la esclavitud. Se dice que esta ayuda puede implementar. So on this day of the Gemini full moon, this influx of love, this influx of sensitivity from this great star pours into the planet. And this star is said to be, one of its keynotes is the idea of freedom. And freedom is also said to be a keynote of the human kingdom. And so we can see how this star not only stimulates the great world teacher, but it stimulates humanity in its quest to help free the masses of humanity from imprisonment and slavery. Because so many people, maybe even ourselves as well, are still imprisoned by forces that seek to control. And it's said that this concept of freedom can most effectively be fomented through the medium of three great planetary lives. In the Alice Bailey teachings, they, these lives are called the Lords of Liberation. And they form a great overshadowing triangle, which is extraplanetary. These lives don't exist on our planet per se, but they form a channel through which humanity, as it comes to a deeper understanding of what freedom is, we can create a vast Antipur Karana bridge that links us 
with, we're told, the lowest of these three lords of liberation. There is one that is holding space, we might say, for humanity. And as we project an alignment to this great life, and as we hold within our hearts our greatest aspiration for what human freedom, what human liberation from slavery would look like, then we can open a channel through which this energy of freedom can flow into our planetary life. And as I said, this is the keynote of humanity, and therefore it's a very important task that we can seek to undertake. So we're charged as a human kingdom to increasingly come to a finer um, formulation of what freedom is. And the Tibetan tells us that um, this is particularly related, as we know, to the Aquarian age. One of its keynotes is freedom. So there has been a development among humanity to a deepened understanding of freedom over the last centuries. The first real impact of this new understanding of freedom, we're told, came with the French Revolution, with their concept of liberty, equality, and fraternity. This really struck a note that the hierarchy took note of. Humanity established that inner channel during that time. And then he said that during the time of the four freedoms as formulated by Franklin Roosevelt, during, I think it was 1940 or 1941, he struck a note, a chord within the national psyche of the United States, which allowed us to drop our um, antagonism for entering into World War II. And through the means of his formulation of the four freedoms, we entered the war and aided the allied forces to, to victory. Surely another knocking of freedom, another higher echelon of this great ideal came with the Universal Declaration of Human Rights in 1949, I believe. And then perhaps more recently with the coming down of the Berlin Wall and perhaps in South Africa with Mandela's long march to freedom for the South African people. These are all knockings on the door of a new and a more revolutionary understanding of what freedom was and is for humanity. So we have another influx during the Leo form. of freedom. So just to say a few words about Gemini as a sign. It's a um, major sign of duality. It's the preeminent sign of duality in the horoscope, in the zodiac. And we're told that this- Castor y Pollux, el uno mortal, y el otro inmortal, aquel cuya luz está minguando y el otro cuya luz está aumentando. Este sentido de dualidad se refleja en los dos regentes de este signo, la Tierra y Venus, una vida planetaria no sagrada y la otra sagrada, las cuales reflejan la personalidad y el alma, que unidas por medio de la disminución de la falsa luz de la personalidad 
abre espacio para que en el trabajo que es undertakeno de los flujos de energías que están pouring into the planet during this time of Gemini, the great, the great dualities can be brought into a alignment, a synthesis. So that's the opportunity here. And this um, duality is coming into an alignment and a synthesis. Hello, come on in. Is symbolized by two of the planetary rulers of this energy, of this sign. And two of the rulers in this uh, Gemini period, as we know, hi, are Venus and the Earth. So this axis has a particularly powerful relationship to our planet, because in the axis of Gemini Sagittarius, the Earth rules. So the Earth rules, and Venus rules. And in the teachings of the Ageless Wisdom, Venus is said to be the soul. It's representative of the soul of our planet. And Earth is a non-sacred planet, and Venus is a sacred planet. And so when these two planets are highlighted under this Gemini full moon, it's as if the soul of our planet is coming into alignment and interplay with the personality of our planet. And so it's a really powerful opportunity. And this Gemini quality of merging and blending of the pairs of opposites is so needed in our divided world. And para reunir las dualidades, los pares de opuestos, by moving beyond the foreground of life, behind the foreground of what's happening in the outer world, And through this means, we can cultivate a more balanced perspective, a long-range vision, and we emulate through that means those great lives who stand behind this world of outer seeming. These great ones, they look on with compassion and wisdom, believing in humanity, knowing the potency of the new group of world servers, And they provide the inspiration that can aid us to find creative solutions to the challenges we face. So I just wanted to close with a few words about this great festival that's occurring on inner planes. We and groups all over the world are meeting at this time of the full moon. But likewise, we're told that on the inner planes, There are meetings as well. Es necesarias, pues la jerarquía. Between these great lives. And at these ceremonies each year, it's said that the Christ, or some might call him the world teacher, stands before the collective body of the spiritual hierarchy. And he recites the last sermon of the Buddha. So I thought it might be helpful for us to focus a little bit upon this last sermon because the Christ obviously feels that this sermon is so essential, the teaching that it provides is so essential that he recites it each year before this collected group. And so this sermon was said to have been given at the request of uh, Ananda, who was the Buddhist of the chelas of the Buddha. And Ananda said to the great Lord, 
Is there any last teaching that you could give to us that would serve to inspire us moving forward? And so he gave this teaching whose keynote is um, that each person has to seek the way with fervent aspiration, but that we have to do so alone and unaided. The Buddha stressed that we should not depend upon outer authorities and instead we should cultivate a sus seguidores a confiar en sí mismos, a no depender de nadie. Perhaps we might wonder, the Buddha foresaw all those many years ago the need that might develop at this closing of the Piscean Age when its energies in combination with those of the sixth ray combined to create a time particularly focused on devotion, devotion to spiritual teachers, to political figures, to tech gurus, to social media stars, and to those elevated to positions of authority in whatever guise they might appear. Outer authorities have been given so much power that humanity, it seems, has lost its own ability to determine for itself the way to go. So in this final sermon, the Buddha encouraged his followers to believe in themselves, to not to rely on yourselves and do not rely on external help. Hold fast to the truth as a lamp. Seek salvation alone in the truth and look not for assistance to anyone besides yourselves. He told his disciples to seek refuge in the Dharma. El Dharma understood as cosmicos que en relación con el individuo también se aplica a la verdadera construcción de la mente humana. Así que aquí se nos pide que tomemos refugio o fe en el hecho de que hay un orden divino para todas las cosas. To all things, both great and small, above us in the heavens and also reflected here below, within ourselves, within the constructs of our own minds. We might, in esoteric parlance, understand this cosmic order to mean that there is a plan which underlies and conditions all things and which works out through humanity to the extent that we establish the right conditions for its externalization. For humanity is the bridge where the messenger the linking agent within the great chain of hierarchy. And the Buddha was therefore, in his last sermon, asking his disciples to keep this divine order in the forefront and to cultivate an attunement with it and to take refuge in it and to see that this cosmos was reflected and working out within themselves so that they could, re could reflect the heavens. Then day, one day it said that all things above and below will conform to this divine order, and in this we can take refuge. The heavens will sing 
and so to a real humanity song be seen in concert with those heavens. And the Buddha went on to say that this divine order could be realized through the control of the three lower vehicles and the consequent gathering of that strength that would enable the chela to overcome desire, sorrow, and the grief And he closed, closed by saying, those who enter now or after I am dead shall be lamps para sí mismos. relying upon themselves only and not relying upon any external help, but holding fast to the truth as their lamp and seeking their salvation in the truth alone, who shall not look for assistance to anyone besides themselves. It is they, Ananda, among my bhikkhus who shall reach the very height, but they must be anxious to learn. So now let's work together in our meditation, imagining ourselves as joining subjectively with this sacred ceremony that's going on in this remote valley, listening to the Christ intone the words of this last sermon. And then tonight, later tonight, at the exact time of the full moon, which occurs at 11.42 p.m., we can imagine ourselves standing together with the Christ, the hierarchy, and all of us together in that valley, receiving the blessing that will be released in a great outpouring of love, and that we can cooperate in its distribution to our needy world. It said that all can participate in this outpouring stream of love as it radiates to all corners of the earth. I'll just read the keynote for the full moon work. When spiritual energies are uniquely available and facilitate a And here's a keynote given in the Ageless Wisdom that encapsulates the opportunity of this time. He who faces the light and stands within its radiance is blinded to the issues of the world of men. Of absorption. But he who feels the urge to pass that way, yet loves his brother on the darkened path, revolves upon the pedestal of light and turns the other way. He faces towards the dark. And then the seven points of light within himself transmit the outward streaming light. And lo, the face of those upon the darkened way receives that light. For them the way is not so dark. Behind the warriors, twixt the light and dark, blazes the light of hierarchy.
letting in the light. mediating between hierarchy and I am one with my group brothers and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which may the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. And now we extend that alignment towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. Prayer interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, and humanity, 
gradually coming into alignment and interplay. Meditation, reflecting on the Sita for Gemini, I recognize my other self, and in the waning of that self, I grow and glow.
using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as the sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, the group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, physical centers of distribution. Lower interlude, refocus the consciousness within the periphery of the great ashram and sound together the affirmation of love. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy and streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. And consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ.
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let life and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. Just wanted to announce our upcoming meetings. The Gemini full moon takes place on, we'll be celebrating it on Friday, June 16th at 6 p.m. here. And then the next full moon festival is the Festival of Cancer, which will take place on Sunday, July 2nd at 3 p.m. And um, the exact time again of this evening's exact time of the full moon is 11.42 p.m. So thank you so much.
for being here. Thank you.